I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, as everybody is aware, this Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys have a date with the San Francisco 49ers in the wild card round of the 2021-2022 NFL playoffs. And might I say that to start this episode is that the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers, they might have a date in the playoffs for the first time since 1994. But folks, let me tell you right off the bat, because everybody's saying this all over social media, because that they feel like it's the 90s again. No, cut the crap. All right, have some sense. This is not the 1990s, and the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers are absolutely nowhere near what they were back in the day, especially the Cowboys, okay? It is not going to be like the 1990s, but this game could reignite an old playoff rivalry, and if both teams can actually be good again for years and years and years to come, then maybe we will see what we saw in the 1990s, and God willing, in my case, the Dallas Cowboys can actually win the goddamn Super Bowl again, because as you know, they have not won one since 1995. Now, if you must, take a moment, sit back, and think of everything that's happened in history since the Dallas Cowboys last won their Super Bowl, and as painful as it is, I do that all the time because it proves the point. Because you think, what the hell have the Cowboys done since 1995? Sure, a couple of NFC East titles, maybe one or two playoff games every, every, every five to ten years. Overall, ladies and gentlemen, that, my friends, is absolutely nothing. Nada, zilch, nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Over 25 years of wasted talent, wasted potential, heartbreaks, and disappointment. God damn it, when is it all going to come to an end? When are the winning ways going to officially return? When's the Lombardi Trophy going to find its way back to Texas? Ugh. The pain dwells in all of us, doesn't it? You know, I, mes- I should mention this. In the last three meetings between, the, between Dallas and San Francisco in the playoffs... The winner of that of those matches would go on to win the Super Bowl. Okay, that wasn't the first time though. In 1981, we remember the, y'all remember the 1981 NFC Championship. Now keep in mind this is like 12 years before I was born. Okay, so a lot of you here probably don't remember, but we all know about it. That long drive that the 49ers had to had to take in order to score the touchdown, which is known as the catch by none other than Dwight Clark, with God knows how much time was left. San Francisco went on to win. But before that game, the Dallas Cowboys had dominated the 49ers in the playoffs in the 1970s. In the 80s, the 49ers had their dynasty. In the 90s, the Cowboys had theirs. So in 1981, San Francisco beats Dallas in the NFC Championship. Then you fast forward to 1992. San Francisco is heavily favored over the Cowboys. And this game, that game was in San Francisco. And based on the highlights that, that I saw... It was a foggy, wet, and damp day up in San Francisco, California. The Cowboys won the game. And that's where, the inf- that's where I should say, I shouldn't say infamous, that's where Jimmy Johnson famously said in the locker room, How about them Cowboys? Cowboys went on to win the Super Bowl. 
and they went on to retain it. And of course, the year after, the rematch. Dallas versus San Francisco in the NFC Championship. This time it's in, it's in uh, Irving, Texas. They did almost say Arlington, but no. That was Texas Stadium. Oh, but this time the Cowboys obliterated San Francisco 38-21. to Oh, Steve Young got beat up big time. San Francisco got overwhelmed. Steve Young got sacked so many times. He got hit, got got pressured. Steve, Steve Young was way, uh, well, I'm not sure if I should pay it. To say that he was not in a comfort zone, well, ladies and gentlemen, that would be a major understatement, would it not? And if I remember correctly, there was actually a pre-game scuffle between the two teams before the game. And, you know, that's no surprise because Dallas and San Francisco already had quite a bit of history. San Francisco was still uh, pretty pissed off that the year before the Cowboys came into their house. Their house in Candlestick Park and beat them in the championship game. And Dallas went on to win the title. Well, Dallas did again that second year, went on to win the title again. 1994, the third match in San Francisco. San Francisco this time took took the NFC title and went on to win the Super Bowl. And now here we are. It's 2022. Technically, it's the 2021 season, but the setting is January 2022. A date between the Cowboys and San Francisco at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Dallas won the NFC East, finished with a 12 and 5 record. San Francisco actually had to battle their way into the playoffs, which wasn't easy for them. But San Francisco is there. Make no mistake. San Francisco finishing 10 and 7, with a record of 6 and 3 on the road, and Dallas is 5 and 3 at home. And based on the predictions and the discussion of this game, it's mixed, but the. But more picks go into San Francisco's favor than it does with Dallas. Apparently, more people really believe San Francisco has a better chance of winning. ESPN has Dallas at a 64% chance of winning, but truth be told, I don't buy that. Everybody's, of course, dying for my opinion because everybody knows how critical I am for the Cowboys. Everybody knows how I thought they wouldn't actually make the playoffs, much less win win the NFC East. I'm going to be honest with you folks. You will hear my answer at the end of this episode. And believe me, for, th- for, for, for those of you, for some of you, or for many of you in that matter, oh, you damn, sh- you damn right, you're going to be shocked. But just wait. Just sit back and relax for now and wait. I will give my answer, rest assured. You will get an answer from me. Mark my words. <sighs> anyway. Well, for the Cowboys case, it's good to have a couple of players back. That would be Trayvon Diggs. That would be Micah Parsons course. Micah Parsons missed last week because he was on the COVID protocol list. As far as I know, he never actually tested positive for the uh, COVID-19. He was actually out with an illness. Well, actually, that was actually Trayvon Diggs who was out with an illness. Tyron Smith actually, I think, tested positive. But Tyron Smith is back too. And I don't remember Micah Parsons testing positive, so he was on the protocols. Trayvon Diggs was actually out due to an illness, but he was never tested positive either. But no matter, they are back. And the Cowboys have their players back. Okay. But just because they have everybody back, are they guaranteed of being the San Francisco 49ers? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot count out the San Francisco 49ers. They may have finished 10-7, and 7, okay? They start off the season well and then went, out to, went into a bit of a slump before finally getting their mojo back. Ladies and gentlemen, rest assured, San Francisco is coming to, is coming to Arlington, Texas. 
And rest assured, they are coming for everything, and I do mean everything that the Dallas Cowboys got. Now, the Cowboys obliterated the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 18 on the road. But of course, we were, already, we were always reminded that the Cowboys were beating the backups to the third string to the fourth strings. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Okay? And as we saw, the Cowboys once again beat a team that's honestly, quite frankly, not that good. Although Philadelphia is in the playoffs, so they'll, they'll take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When you look at the teams that the Cowboys beat that had winning records, as far as I know, the, the teams that the Cowboys have beaten with, with winning records would be the Chargers, because the Chargers were 1-0 during that meeting. Then there were the Carolina Panthers, who I believe were still undefeated when they, when they came to Arlington, Texas. And then there was the date against the New England Patriots up in Foxborough, Massachusetts. We all remember what CeeDee Lamb did after he scored the game-winning touchdown. And of course, against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think both times they actually had a winning record. But make no mistake about it, folks. The Cowboys are still a team that slumps and gets humiliated and defrauded by a good team. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, the Dallas Cowboys fail to make a strong impact and they cannot get it done against the good teams. We saw that against Arizona. Alright? And we saw them get embarrassed by Denver. Make no mistake about that. Okay? Now, that game against the Chiefs, the fact that we didn't have Cooper and then we lost CeeDee Lamb and we still... We, 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 we couldn't even find the damn end zone and we kept Patrick Mahomes and company to just 19 points because the defense actually kept doing their jobs. Fine, that's a given. But the bottom line is, folks, we didn't win the game, okay? Because at the end of the day, while the numbers do not lie, it's about winning games. And this game against San Francisco is probably the most important game of the season, okay? <sighs> you know, I read a great article before I started this. And it was written by a guy I am super familiar with. I've known this guy for a while. Mr. DeVince Dino Wright, who currently writes for the Blitz Weekly. Now, for those of you who don't know, when I was at school at the University of North Texas studying journalism, my senior year, I was the intern sports writer for Blitz Weekly. But I was, t I was covering the Texas Rangers. And I remember Kelly Reed, who was my boss and my mentor and a good friend, giving me the opportunities, which I'm so grateful for. And Dino Wright, being a constant reader of my work, just like I'm always reading his work, Dino Wright and Kelly Reed are both important people in my life. And gentlemen, if you happen to be hearing this, thank y'all very much for all the advice, because all the advice I learned from you guys, I'm using it today, and if it wasn't for you two, this show wouldn't be happening. There's a lot of influences out there, I do not forgive, I do not forget you guys. I mean, <laughs> I did say I do not forgive you guys, but I meant to say is I, I will never forget you guys. Thank you very much. And Dino wrote this fantastic preview of Dallas versus San Francisco. And of course, Dino being Dino, he brings up, he, he, he made his points quite clear. And he made his points, and his points are very good. Because, but you know, that's Dino. Dino is smart. He knows what the hell he's doing. I mean, huh, he, wouldn't be, he wouldn't be writing if he didn't know what the heck he was doing. I always say Dino, when it comes to having Dino write as a writer... You let him write his own way. You let him do it his way, you will get the best story. I guarantee you that. Now, 
Now, Dino did mention, of course, that San Francisco has a re has a realistic chance to actually beat Dallas, which they do. Again, you cannot count out the San Francisco 49ers, okay? Now, San Francisco's offense is actually pretty freaking good, but so, and so is the defense. Now, as far as the offensive line goes, San Francisco does have a good offensive line. As far as Dallas goes, the offensive line might look good on paper, but sometimes the offensive line for Dallas has struggled. I mean, the running game has been dead. But, of course, a certain somebody, Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, he really believes that Zeke Elliott is the reason why he has not been playing good. Like, he says Zeke is the reason why Zeke is not good. Now, whether it's Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, is right or wrong to call Ezekiel Elliott... Excuse me. Whether he's right or wrong to call Ezekiel Elliott a quitter... Quite frankly, it's irrelevant. Whether you want to call Zeke Elliott a quitter or not, the bottom line is Zeke Elliott has not been living to expectations ever since he got his contract. Now this year, he may have eclipsed over 1,000 yards by only a few. I think it was only 2 yards, actually. He's actually got, had 1,002 yards. Zeke Elliott only had 2 games where he rushed for over 100 yards. Okay. Now I understand the offensive line was banged up. I understand that the offensive line was shuffled quite a bit. Okay. But when you're getting paid that money, okay, and you're not putting up the form performances, it's unacceptable. Now, I understand that Ezekiel Elliott was hurt. I, I think he might he might still be. I'm not sure. But Zeke Elliott, the, but, but whether he's hurt or not, here's the deal. Zeke Elliott has repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly insisted that he's fine. All right. If he insists that he's fine, fine. Then he's good. Then, he's, then the injury it has no significance to whatsoever. But at the same time, the offensive line at times has struggled too. But I've seen many times where Zeke, that play just dies before anything could happen. So that being said, like whether you want to blame the offensive line, whether you want to blame Zeke, the bottom line is, it's a team effort. They both need to get it done as a team. Zeke's got to do his job. The offensive line's got to do its job. Okay, Dak Prescott has to do his job. Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb. All of them. Everybody has to do their damn job because like I've said so many fucking times, it is a goddamn team effort. Now, as you know, when we think of the weapons of the 49ers, we think of Jim Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, the, the quarterback. But then again, there's also Debo Samuel. And of course, there's the tight end himself, George Kittle. All of which are high-caliber, dangerous players. Okay? They were all part of the team that went to the Super Bowl just uh, two years ago. That lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Debo Samuel, m make no mistake. Dude, now you have the match. Debo Samuel versus Trayvon Diggs. Now, Trayvon Diggs had uh, the, the, uh, this, excuse me, the league-high 11 interceptions. But at the same time, we can't ignore the fact that Trayvon Diggs got torched. He allowed the most yards. Trayvon Diggs is gonna have to dig himself, dig inside himself deeper than before. He's gonna have to. He's he is squaring off against Debo Samuel. Again, the main event match: Debo Samuel versus Trayvon Diggs. Okay, in professional wrestling terms, I, I would kind of see that as a high caliber match. Trayvon Diggs knows he can't let Debo Samuel beat him, but Debo Samuel knows he can't let Trayvon Diggs beat him. So in that case, all I can say is, may the best man win. And ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake, the Cowboys' defense, as good as it's been, many insist that it's it's the best defense, a better defense that we saw in 2018, a better defense that we saw in 2016, a hell of a lot better defense that we saw in 2014. 
It remains to be seen because we have to see if the Cowboys are perfectly capable of making a deep playoff run. And in order for Dallas to have a, a deep playoff run, not only do, do we need the best from the offense, but we need the very best from the defense. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Curse, Anthony Brown, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, Lane Vander Esch, Neville Gallimore. They all need to step up. All of them. Okay. The, D the Cowboys' defense are going to have to do their job, okay? The Cowboys' offense, Dak Prescott better do it, better be ready for anything. Dak Prescott struggles with consistency. Dak Prescott is known for being very inconsistent. And as my boy, Ricky Lentwinkowicz, of Arch Rivals of, of, Pain, of Pain Train Pipe Bomb Radio, okay? He also mentions that Jimmy Garoppolo is inconsistent. One of these two guys are going to find themselves to be more consistent than the other. Dak Prescott needs to make sure that he's the one to get the job done. Because Dak Prescott is now being paid the ca high caliber money. Okay? And if he does not perform well in this game, there's going to be no excuse. And mark my words, if the Cowboys shit the bed, I will be back on here. And I will do what I have to do. That's all I'm going to say. I will do what I have to do. Okay? And quite frankly, if I do have to do what I have to do, at the end of the day, the Cowboys made me do it. They gave me no. They left me no choice. So Cowboys, don't make me do what I have to do. Please don't. Now, so we need Prescott to do his job. And again, I mentioned Elliott, the offensive line, Cooper. All, all the offensive weapons have to do their job. Same thing on defense. But here's something extremely important too. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore needs to come up with a very good offensive game plan. Number one, get rid of the useless, and I do mean useless, conservative play calling, okay? As my friend Dino Wright said in his article, and I quote, throw that conservative junk out the window, unquote. You see, Dino, as I said, I learned from this guy, okay? But I didn't, I didn't come up with the... I didn't discover the conservative play calling from Dino, okay? It's just... It's out there. If you watch the games like I do, you can just tell. But it's good to see that Dino even also knows, he even points out, that the conservative play call that Kellamore has utilized is absolutely useless. Absolutely 250% useless. Kellamore needs to get rid of that bullshit. In other words, and I've said this, and I'm sure Dino Dino would actually agree. In other words, get the Jason Garrett mentality out of your freaking head for the love of God. It is not doing you any favors. It is not doing the Dallas Cowboys any favors, okay? So get rid of it. Find something that will get the job done, okay? Stop, stop thinking that it's going to work in the future. If it doesn't work now, it's not going to work later. Trust me on that. So Kellen Moore better have a game plan. The play calling better be right, okay? So Kellen Moore must do his job, and then, the, then Dak Prescott must do his job. The offensive line, everything, because like I said, it is a goddamn team effort. Defense goes. Dan Quinn needs to be ready as well, okay? And most of all, head coach Mike McCarthy, he better have a game plan too. He better know when to use the timeouts. He better he better know you know when to you know, when to take a timeout at the right time and not and not just give it away like that. In other words, everybody must know their role 
and shut their mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to take a, take a quick break, and when I come back, we will discuss the keys to victory for the Dallas Cowboys. Please don't go anywhere. Cowboys talk. We'll be right back. And ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is back. We are previewing this Sunday's game between the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. And by God, I am on a roll. You know, and I want to thank to one of my listeners who's actually a huge fan of professional wrestling. You know, I took this as a compliment. He told me that when I kind of get on the team, when I really am how critical I am, he explains that he likes it because he thinks that I'm cutting a promo like one of the very most well-known names in professional hit wrestling not a wrestler he was a, he's a man he was a manager he was also a promoter you know he's done everything in the wrestling business i'm talking about mr jim Cornette. what i'm saying is that one of my loyal listeners loves the way i talk on this show he thinks that the way i do things is it's like i'm cutting a promo like jim Cornette. now to that fan obviously i'll never have the promo skills of jim Cornette, <laughs> but i'm I, re- I really appreciate that you're a loyalist, and I really appreciate you know, your loyalty. So, thank you very much, and thank you to all the loyalists who are making this possible. Alright. So, the keys to a victory for the Dallas Cowboys. I think I kind of made them clearly when I, on the first part of this episode, how everybody has to do their job. But number one is this. Consistency. Offensive consistency. That means the running game needs to come alive. The passing game needs to stay alive if it comes yeah because the passing game could start off strong but it's got to stay strong but so does the running game that's why i say consistency on the offense the running game needs to work the passing game needs to work in other words the cowboys every time they get the ball they need to do everything in their power to get to the end zone I don't want the Cowboys to be in a point where they have to sell for field goals, okay? Greg Zerline, at, at, at this point, he's missed enough field goals, he's missed enough extra points to the point where if we have to settle for a field goal, we're already gonna have, we're already scared half to death, okay? And with all that offensive artillery, with all the weapons that we have, we shouldn't even be held to field goals. We should be scoring at every chance. Now, obviously, that's impossible. You're not always going to score in every chance, but the bottom line is the Cowboys are perfectly capable of scoring points. Therefore, they should be scoring points. You got Amari Cooper. You got CeeDee Lamb. Now, we lost Michael Gallup to a torn ACL, okay? But we still have some of the reserve wide receivers, like like Malik Turner, just name a few. We got Dalton Schultz, okay? We have reinforcements, okay? And quite frankly, on the running game, if Zeke Elliott is struggling early on, you have to take the initiative. You have to take the risk, feed the ball to Tony Pollard more, because Tony Pollard, you give him the opportunity, very rarely will he disappoint. I'm sorry, but if Zeke Elliott, right out of the blue, is not doing his damn job, you feed the damn ball to Tony Pollard, because the running game is going to be essential to this damn game. Now, San Francisco defensive line is respectable, as is ours, okay? But we have to find a way to wear out the San Francisco defense so that we have the advantage, that we, we can take advantage of them being worn out. We can drive down the field and we can score. Okay? So, key to victory number one, offensive consistency. Number two, score touchdowns at every chance you get. No settling for field goals. Okay? Number three, force 
turnovers on defense. Okay? Now, San Francisco's offensive line is going to be tough to get through. There's no doubt about that. Trent Williams, who, from my understanding, suffered an elbow injury in, in Week 18, apparently he's being designated to play in this game. Now, Trent Williams is certainly somebody that the Cowboys know very, very familiar. Well, I, I guess I should say they're very, very familiar with. I shouldn't say they know very, very familiar with. Trent Williams is a longtime player for the Washington football team. So that's why the Cowboys know him very well. And there's been times where Trent Williams has been destroyed by the Cowboys' defensive line. But now he's with San Francisco. Okay. So that's number three. You got to force turnovers, okay? Trayvon Diggs is going to have to, if he can get at least a pick. The bottom line is, I don't care what it is. If it's a, strap, a sack, strip, fumble, whether it's an interception, we need turnovers, and we're probably going to need at least four to have a good chance of winning the game. So that's number three. <clears throat> That's number three. Four turnovers. Number four, sack the quarterback. Again, the San Francisco offensive line is probably not as good as it was back in 2019, but it's still damn good. We need to sack Jimmy Garoppolo as many times as possible. And in my honest opinion, it's going to take at least six sacks. Four to six. I mean, I'll be honest, four to six sacks is what we need. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, as Dino said in his article, is the X factor of this game. Okay, Jimmy Garoppolo, whether you like it or not, I mean, I know he can't stay healthy. I know that there's times he has struggled, you know, since the since the Super Bowl, uh, since he went to the Super Bowl with, uh, a few years ago. If the Dallas defense is not ready, if there's mistakes, okay, if you give Jimmy Garoppolo a chance to make a big play, believe me, he will make a good, he will make a big play. And San Francisco is known for having good plays, big plays this season. Okay, Debo Samuel is going to wreak havoc on our defense, as will George Kittle. Okay? Now, San, Francisco running, San Francisco's running game is very good, and the Cowboys' rushing defense has struggled. We're going to have to find a way to overcome that. So we are at number four, sack the quarterback. Number five, defense needs to force some stops. So the main one is this, force turnovers. Sack the quarterback, force stops. Okay? Force the 49ers to punt the ball. Tackle them for a loss. Make them lose yardage. Okay? Keep them away from the from the yellow marker. Okay? In other words, out of all those three, you play sublime defense. You force turnovers. You sack the quarterback. You force them to punt. Okay? Which leads me to another key to victory. Number five. Do not. And I repeat. Do not. Do not. Do not commit stupid penalties. You know, for that matter, do not commit penalties at all. Whether it's on defense, whether it's on offense. It's offensive holding. Whether it's pass interference on defense. Roughing the passer. Whatever. I get it. The referees are known to being stupid, okay? But we cannot go to the fact that we have to blame the referees for this. Okay? Now, if the, Cowboys, now if the referees make these blatant calls, it's going to be tough. But the Cowboys are going to have to do something about it. They're going to have to immediately dominate from the game. So we have to come to the point where the referees are to blame for this game. That, that being said... The you know the Cowboys as soon as they if they get the ball first you immediately go down the field you score and you keep doing it get the ball score for, you know force a stop whether it's a turnover or whatever get the ball back score defense get the ball back score that's a cycle it's not that hard to understand the Cowboys need to be in control of this game every second of this game ladies and gentlemen it will count and the Cowboys got to be in control 
Because let me tell y'all this. If the Dallas Cowboys do not win this game, if they shit the bed and they're out of the playoffs, that is another season gone to waste. You win 12 games, which again, majority of them is against horrible teams, but fine, you want 12 games, you set records, and then you're just going to throw it away by shitting the bed in the first round of the playoffs? That is unacceptable. I get it. The, next, the winner of this match goes on to Lambeau Field to play Green Bay, and Green Bay is not lost at home. Fine, but you know what? This Cowboys team is perfectly capable of challenging the Packers, okay? And losing in the wildcard playoffs is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable, okay? Now, from, from the defense, the, the, the Cowboys defense, as Dino said in his piece, defense will be hungry. And for the reason why I'm actually quoting this, this article so much is because this is one of Dino's best articles ever. I mean, every article he's written is good, but this one, there's just something about it, Dino. I don't, I don't know what it is, but every article you write is amazing. But this one is just, well, I'm not sure. I mean, Dino, out, uh, you know, he is always outdoing himself. So, I mean, Dino is a fantastic writer. So, anyway, you, you know, I, you know, and one of the things I, I think is, you know, how he says, you know, a quote, throw that junk conservative, uh, throw that conservative junk out the window. I mean, I mean, that was like, wow. I mean, Dino gets it. But, yeah, their defense will be hungry. I mean, Micah Parsons, we saw, we heard what he had to say. You, and, and, you know, and speaking of Micah Parsons, you know, when Micah Parsons took to Twitter to apologize because, you know, he missed the final week of the season, you know, feeling like he let, he let the team down. Let me make this clear. Micah Parsons did not let anybody down, okay? You know, the fact is, the fact that he was motivated, that he wanted to play, the fact that he proved how bad he wanted to play, that he wanted to be there for his teammates, because keep in mind, he, I don't think he, he, tra- he couldn't travel for the t- with the team. We know how bad, how bad he wanted to be there. He, we know how bad he wanted to be there for his teammates. He has not let us down whatsoever. Not me, at least. I'm proud of Micah Parsons. I'm very proud of him. And God damn it, I can't even wait to see how dominant he will be this Saturday, this Sunday. Okay? Because I have a feeling, I really have a feeling that Micah Parsons is going to be the best player on defense against San Francisco. Micah Parsons, folks, let me tell you. I've, his rookie year went a whole lot better than I could have ever imagined. I mean, he set records. I mean, there was a point where he had a sack, and I think it was in six straight games. Yeah, from week 9 to week 14, he had at least one sack. And yeah, I, I was right, in six straight games. He had 12 sacks in his first thir- 13 career games. That's the fourth most by rookie NFL history. And, and, and the guys in, in front of him would be Julius Peppers, Reggie White, and Leslie O'Neal. Okay? And he's been dominant as a pass rusher. Okay? Micah Parsons, whether he's deployed as a defensive end, as a linebacker, Whatever the case may be, I know that Micah Parsons is going to be right for anything, and I know that he's going to dominate. So Micah Parsons is going to be my is going to be my favorite. It's going to be the best player on defense for this game. He might be the best player for Dallas in the playoffs. Now, as far as the offensive uh, offense goes, you know, anything could happen. But in this one, I hope that it's Dak Prescott. As critical as I have been lately, and everybody knows that I'm not I'm not really a fan of Dak Prescott. But again, I've said I want him to prove me wrong. I want him to prove me wrong more than ever now. I want Dak Prescott to have an outstanding game, okay? And hopefully he will. If Kellen Moore can put together a unique offensive game plan, and everything goes according to plan, the Cowboys can win it, Dak Prescott can be dominant, okay? Now, 
It's time for my prediction. Now, I was on Arch Rivals earlier. If you guys had listened to it. You know, and I brought up my points. The same points I probably just brought up. Okay? Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe I'm saying this. But I'm picking my Dallas Cowboys to win this game. But it's not going to be easy. I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys are going to win by a comfortable margin. As a matter of fact, I think that the Dallas Cowboys drive down the field in the closing mi- in, in, within the last two minutes of the game and score a game-winning touchdown. So I have the Dallas Cowboys winning 34-27. You cannot count out the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, Devo Samuel, George Kittle, you know, everybody on defense, they, the whole entire team, the San Francisco 49ers are coming to Arlington, Texas, and rest assured, they are coming for everything the Cowboys got. And the Dallas Cowboys will, come in, will, be, will be coming for everything that San Francisco has got. But that's not all. You know what's so unique about this game? Kyle Shanahan versus Dan Quinn. <laughs> How ironic it is. The two guys from Atlanta's 28-3 collapse in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. Kyle Shanahan at the, at the time was the Atlanta offensive coordinator while Dan Quinn was the head coach. Now, Kyle Shanahan is the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, and Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, a lot of people say, the winner of this match, whoever does the better job, they're going to say, whoever, whoever does the bad job of this one is the one to blame for the 28-3 loss, for the 28-3 collapse. You know, look, if you want to think it that way, fine. In my case, I'm like, you know what, it does not matter who was responsible for the 28-3 blow. The bottom line is, the Falcons blew it as a team. And now Dan Quinn has a bright, you know, has a, had a fresh start with Dallas. He's been doing fine, and he's more motivated than ever. I think Dan Quinn is actually ready for that challenge, and I know that Dan Quinn is going to be able to formulate a good plan to give this defense what they need to dominate against San Francisco. Dan Quinn, and, let me, and ladies and gentlemen, let me remind everybody that when Dan Quinn was hired, I was all for it, and I got a lot of shit for that because everybody was bringing up the Super Bowl collapse. Okay, and Dan Quinn has been doing a fantastic job. Now, the defense has struggled a couple times, but overall, Dan Quinn has done a fantastic job, okay? And I think that, you know, he's got a future with Dallas, and hopefully things will, st- will keep going in-, in the future as well. In other words, hopefully it's not a one-hit wonder with Dallas. But Dan Quinn is doing a good job, and hopefully this Sunday, the defense will dominate. And hopefully, my Dallas Cowboys will win because I am picking my Dallas Cowboys. Ladies and gentlemen... Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see you all next time.